in a world where your favorite true crime podcasts don't say the word fuck enough. There exists. Spread the motherfucking dread. <laughs> Welcome to a brand new episode. I'm John. And I'm Joe. And it's good to be back, motherfuckers. We've shook out the, uh, the, the food poisoning stomach crap that kept us out last week. And we're finally back with a brand new episode. Feels good. Yes, it does. Feels really, really good. So we, I, I want to start getting to it as soon as possible. Uh, go ahead and make sure. Uh, while we were out, uh, we did put up two skits. Yes. Uh, the Let's Pans Ram skip, skit is out now, as well as, uh, we're recording this, it's Sunday, uh, the Bunting, Cunting, Hunting yes. episode uh, has dropped possibly the most offensive two minutes you will ever <laughs> listen to with anything. Uh, we had a really good friend uh, of the show from Australia. I'm not sure if his response was <laughs> in amazement or disgust. <laughs> But it's there. We're not taking it down. It's fucking fabulous. And it's uh, the numbers are already doing really well for just yeah. the first day. So, uh, so that's there. Of course, you want to check out the most recent episodes of Spread the Dread podcast where we covered Fred and Rose West and Pee Wee Gaskins, who is shooting up as our Carolina one, boy. One of our most downloaded episodes. Yep. And he's, he's going with a bullet, no pun intended, for this, this podcast. But definitely check those out. Joe, if they're new or if they're drunk and high, which is very likely. Where should they go to connect with us? Absolutely. Uh, SpreadTheDreadPodcast.com. What will they find there? Uh, uh, direct links to all our social media, as well as direct links to the various podcasts. Yes, various indeed. We yes. literally, if it exists, we're, we, we're, we're trying to get on it. Yeah. If we're not already. So yeah, you got the direct links right there. We're it out. Nickel it a fucking rip. Absolutely. Yeah. And on that website, our Podbean, that's that's uh, the, the, the... The hosting service Yeah, they host use. and distribute us. There's a player right there, so you yep. can just go there even and, and check that really out. really so. super fucking lazy and just like sit on the website we and know, do your thing. Yeah, we know who y'all are. We are y'all. So <laughs> we want to Burn make... down that fucking blunt and listen yeah, to goddamn gotta... podcast. Yeah, you guys like blunts. We like vodka. It's all well and good. Uh, <laughs> A couple of things of note to mention here, Joe. We we have officially gotten paid, yeah, to do this podcast, y'all. This this is a fucking mind blower. So our first one um is via Instagram. Justin where nineteen seventy eight gave us a fucking twenty dollar goddamn PayPal donation. Like what the fuck? Very. Awesome. I wouldn't have gave us twenty dollars. So oh. thank you so fucking much. And on top of that, we have a. Five dollar fucking subscription monthly. Somebody, yeah, yeah but I say so, somebody who's willing to give us five dollars a fucking month. I'm sure that he, it was, I think it was a he, he or she listened to him and was like, "There's no way they could get worse." <laughs> I'll give him five extra bucks. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> you know, but I, I want to uh, watch this fucking this burn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, dot in on Instagram. Thank you very much for the five dollar subscription. Some of y'all have asked about that. The reason we haven't set up a Patreon is because, to be honest, if y'all want to give us money, that's cool. But I, I'm a full-time employee. You know, I, I'm a salaried corporate shill, if you could fucking imagine that. And Joe's in nursing school to, to get her RN. And working in the healthcare yeah, and doing, industry. Yeah, and doing CNA yeah. stuff. So, so we don't feel like it's, it's smart or honest for us to give you Patreon and say, oh, you're going to get all this extra shit yeah. for giving us money because we may genuinely not have the time for it. Uh, but 
if you want to donate through PayPal, I mean, we'll definitely shout you out. And, you know, I mean, it, you send you some stickers and there's definitely merch coming. We've been discussing that. A lot of y'all have reached out about wanting some of the, the funky designs we've done as well as uh, podcast-centric merch. That is going to happen. But you can go to spreadthedreadpodcast.com. There's a link to our PayPal right at the top of it if you want to do that again. We just we don't ask that because this doesn't pay the bills. This is fun for us. Um, yeah. But we're uh, gonna have these conversations nightly. Well, I don't know, nightly, biweekly. Where the fuck? Like we were already doing this kind of shit prior to starting the podcast. Right. We always loved, you know, um, digesting like serial killer shit as well yeah. as like horror movies. You know, with Fright Flick FMK. Like we we were already kind of doing this on our own, but yeah. we're like, hey, we'll we'll share ourselves and see who else is just as fucked up as we are. And it's awesome. The numbers have been fantastic. We're almost up to five hundred on IG, which is fucking awesome. Y'all keep spreading that dread around. The fucking downloads are more Whoa. than I would have thought we would have had in a year. Yeah, and we've been doing this for like three or four months now. So yeah. thank you all very much for that. But again, Justin Ware, nineteen seventy eight, and Jamie Z dot in. Thank you all very very much for y'all's donation and helping us to do our part to spread that motherfucking dread. <laughs> so, more fucking news. We have another fucking podcast willing to do a fucking we, swap with us. We've got like two or three more of these that yeah. have already signed on. You, yeah. They're, they're y'all worse. are some brilliant motherfuckers. Y'all are or... worse than our fans, to be fair. <laughs> to be fair. You, our fans can enjoy us in secret. Y'all have decided to come out of the, out of the closet. Yeah. And love the dread. Uh, and, and we and love y'all for it. And just share the shitty limelight. So, yeah. And then the next one for this week is Pod of Horror. And you can find them on Instagram at Pod of Horror Live. Yep. And so let's roll that for them right now. Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> Hello ladies and ghouls, my name is Glenn Girod Rodriguez and I am the host of Pod of Horror, a bi-weekly horror film review show that airs live every Monday and Friday on youtube.com slash pod of horror and all podcast platforms the next day. Each and every episode we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of one horror film. From slash-tastic films like Halloween to the more obscure flicks like The Burning, we got you covered. Follow us on all social media at Pod of Horror Live. See you soon, my friends, and always remember, horror forever. So again, if you like to talk and hear someone else talk about horror movies besides us, definitely want to check out our man Glenn, Mr. G-Rod, with clearly a thick rod, ladies and or guys. (laughs) Who knows how he gets down when you're fucking hosting a horror podcast. There's some fucking shit going on there. But definitely check out our awesome fucking fucked up family member, Glenn who's hosting Pot of Horror again. That's at Pot of Horror live on Instagram. So I have particularly, uh, well, no, I'll say both of us have been really looking forward to recording this episode after doing the research. You've because, been looking forward to it the whole time. Yes. After, in the process of doing the research, I was like, holy shit, okay, yeah, this, this yeah. isn't just some it's crazy white bitch yeah. know, who killed guys. Yeah, and no, and what's fantastic about it is like it's it's of modern times. Right. So we have a lot of information. We have a lot of personal opinions. Got some audio clips for you. Yes, as well as like, you know, so psychological parameters and, you know, that's that's my 
you know, that's my shit right there. This may be the most recent serial killer historically that we've done. Yeah, I would think so. I, I really believe so. Maybe yeah. the box sheaves. Uh, yeah, the box sheaves. Yeah, because. But they were Russian in the 90s, which is technically count. America in the 50s. <laughs> You know, progression-wise, yeah. you know. So uh, I want to preface it. Or preface if you're it. from Russia and listening, we love you. Yeah, so before we even do a really big a deep dive into this episode, I want us to both say, yes, we're going to be insensitive. Yes, oh, yeah. we're going to give you the facts. But at the end of all of this, we are both going to give you our personal feelings, our personal fucking feelings towards this particular situation. Right, and I know when I say facts, this is what's out there. Yeah. And, don't, and again, the best thing to remember, Eileen Warnos was fucking nuts. Yep. No one's saying she wasn't fucking crazy, and killing people is fucking wrong, you know, unless it's for oil and things like that. Mm. Then it's, you know, <laughs> I'm, te- yeah. I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Yeah, it's a benefit of your government. I, yeah, but to all of our troops, we love you too. Yes, uh, very much so. But... So, so that's what we want to do. So, so if some of y'all who are listening to this are more familiar with the story of Eileen Warnos, we just want to get that out of the way to know, don't, don't sit here and be cussing at your phone, you know, out of anger, cuss all you like out of incitement. That's what we do. Um, <laughs> but, you know, seem like, oh, well, you know, she had this and this. Yes, we know. We're going to get to that at the end, but we're going to lay everything out the way that it's known about Eileen Warno. So, Joe, do the beautiful thing you always do and kick us off with that bio shit. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Eileen Carol Pittman was Ooh. born February 29th, 1956 in Rochester, Michigan. Um, her confirmed kill count was seven. She was convicted of six counts of first-degree murder, and she received six death sentences. And she died on October 9th, 2002 in Rayford, Florida at the Florida State Prison where she received lethal injection. So I love they gave her six death penalties. Like, do you give her six shots? <laughs> like, I bet they don't. No. So what's the fight? I guess it's, it's one of those. It's just say she died yeah. for these six individuals. And Fair play. You know what? Yeah. Well, yeah. Never Fair mind. Fair play. I particularly like this because as a good old Southern white guy, <laughs> I like proof that white trash exists everywhere. And she's from Michigan. So, ha, 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 because you're going to hear her audio clips and be like, God damn, what nook and cranny of fucking Arkansas, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee did she crawl out of? It was Michigan, you Spartan Great Lake loving motherfuckers. <laughs> White trash is everywhere. Yes, it is. That is the truth. So, let's, let's get into her early life here, Joe. Yep. So, uh, her mom was Diane Warnos, there, thus the name that was her mom's maiden name, and her father was Leo Dale Pittman. Her mother was actually 14 when she married Leo Dale Pittman in 1954. I don't feel like that's long enough ago for a 16 and a 14-year-old getting married to be okay. Uh, I don't know. And, well, and the fucked up thing is they got married in 54, but in 55, Eileen's older brother Keith was born. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, either her mom was pregnant when they got married or she got right fucking knocked up. They got right to knocking them white trash Michigan boots. <laughs> point that out. I'm gonna point that out. Uh, it doesn't matter how fucking nasally your Midwestern accent is. You white trash like me, you motherfuckers. Um. So yeah. So her older brother Keith was born in 1955. Uh. And then, uh, as we said, Eileen back to back on these kids. Yeah. Eileen's born in Irish 1956. Twins. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You white trash Michiganers. <laughs> um. 
So, yeah, so in, in 1956, uh, we said February 1956, right at the end mm-hmm. of February. She was a leap year, right? Yeah. February 29th. Yeah. Born on a leap year. Okay, cool. That's probably, another that's, layer. Yeah, that's another <laughs> fucking sign right there when even the universe only sneaks a day in every now and then. Anybody born on that every day. Every four years. <laughs> watch out. Keep an eye on them. You know what I'm saying? Especially if they're from Michigan. Um, but, uh, yeah, so in 1956, she was born two months before she was born, though, Joe. Diane yeah. actually filed for a divorce yeah. with Leo. Yeah, from her father. So, um, actually, Eileen never met her father. No. He was in jail when she was born. Imagine that. Yes. A piece of white trash who didn't know their daddy. Yeah, <laughs> and another layer to her story right. is that Eileen, um, you know, or her father was diagnosed, Leo, was diagnosed with schizophrenia <laughs> and was later convicted of sodomizing a seven-year-old child. Right, and as we all know, if you were if you were uh, convicted of it once, you did it at least three times. Like that's at least that's back fa- in the day, yeah. You got uh, you only got caught once. No, yep. because even even when they find fucking chomos now that have the shit on their fucking computers, they didn't find them when they downloaded the first fucking thing. Every time they catch them, they've got like hundreds of files. Yeah, they're all ingrained into the fucking network and shit like that. So like. Believe me, uh, yeah. If they convict, just like well, maybe not Eileen in this instance, because her shit all took place within like a year yeah. of her killing spree. But if someone's been killing for like multiple years, and they're like, "Well, we know they killed ten, they killed at least thirty for sure." Yeah. The numbers are probably actually closer to what the serial killer claims they killed than what the court system actually proves that they did kill. Uh, but yeah, so he yeah he went to jail, and Joe, he ended up killing himself in 63, so Eileen was six or seven years old. He hung himself. Yep. Uh, Another got, angelist, but yeah. Yeah, got know. tired of being the prison's pincushion, because I'm going to tell you what, you go, to, you go to prison and you're a chomo, they let you know real quick where you are on that fucking societal totem pole. Yes. Pole pun intended. <laughs> you know, that motherfucker. Don't drop, don't drop the soap. Don't shower. Yeah. Don't fucking shower. They yeah. throw you in there. They should just throw me in a fucking shark pit. Done, <laughs> son. Piss yourself. Yeah. Do everything you, you know. can. Or just don't fuck around with kids. Yeah. Your choice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so that takes us to January 1960, Joe. Yeah, so she was, uh, Eileen was roughly around like four years old when her mother ended up abandoning her and her brother Keith right. with their grandparents. And the grandparents were known to be alcoholics, and their names were uh, Lori, uh, Lori, I don't know. It's pronounced Lori, but yeah. Lori it's, it's, and You spelled Breda it correctly, Wernos. but it is Lori. Yeah. Um, they were legally adopted. So this was Diane, Eileen's mom's folks. Yes. yes okay. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, they were actually legally adopted by, or they legally, uh, sorry. Ooh. Legally adopted. Did the, the vodka kids. drop in right yeah, there? Yeah, it did. It really did. It should have went. That I, I double guess, shot just went. Whoop. Jesus Christ. Did you yeah. fucking shoot it up? <laughs> God damn. I literally watched her eyes glaze over as she was recording this, everybody. I'm glad her heart's not off fucking rhythm. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, so she 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 hands them over to her parents in January 1960. Mm-hmm. Roughly two months later, and I'm gonna go ahead and say this because trash into trash equals trash flavor trash. I'm gonna assume that Diane's parents, Lori and Britta, and you'll find out soon they were trash too. Mm-hmm. I go ahead and say two months in, they're like, you know, she ain't leg- coming back <laughs> legally. And yes, I'm saying it's southern because white trash has a flavor to it, no matter where it is. And when trust me. Eileen's from Michigan. Wait till you hear the audio. She sounds like someone that I fucking, you know, partied in a cornfield with in high school. And I say that with fucking pride. Um, but, you know, they, they were probably sitting there being like, you know, it's been two months. We haven't been getting any 
sorry, not any. We ain't been getting no welfare <laughs> for raising these fucking kids that ain't ours, Britta. How about we go on and adopt them? Start getting that money. Yep. And that to me, I get, there was no kindness about adopting <laughs> them. They were like two months in, legally, goddammit, put them on the taxes. Let's get paid for this shit. Yep. Uh, so that happened in March of 1960. Uh, Eileen actually grew up thinking that her, that her grandparents, grandparents were her parents. parents. Yeah. Uh, which lets you know kind of how dumb Eileen was that she couldn't sit there and look at them and be like, I don't know why mama and daddy use oxygen machines and, you know, always want to go to K&W at three o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon for dinner. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, you put that K&W. <laughs> K&W is amazing, but if you go in there, it is literally every... That's why there's those bus lanes. Like, if you've gone to a K&W, the front entrance and John's looks talking like, about a K&W cafeteria. And yeah, yeah, don't yeah know if you don't it know, is, it's, it's literally... If you've ever watched South Park, the episode where they have the Country Kitchen Buffet, <laughs> that is literally mocking K&W. Yeah. K&W has astoundingly fucking dynamic awesome ass food because yep. it's all cooked old school with like lard and shit like K&W kills their customers <laughs> they are like the cigarettes of food like they there was nothing healthy at a fucking k and I'm pretty sure the ice has something in it but the front end of it has that little parking strip where it's big enough to park like a 15-seater passenger bus or an RV underneath uh, yeah. the, no but no like with the covering over yeah. it because like nursing homes that's like the easiest thing to plan once a month you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, don't forget, you know, on the 29th, we're all going to go to K&W. Dude, you want to talk old people, they won't die because they know that's coming. <laughs> and they're like, I'm going to get fried chicken and a fucking side salad and some sweet tea. cheese. Yeah, yeah, and they're going to be there. I'm, I'm there you, with the you, macaroni you want, and cheese, though. Dude, Ooh. like like the, like, like the club at fucking midnight to 1 o'clock, go to K&W <laughs> between 2.30 and 4.30 in the afternoon. Bro. Literally, it, you. Oh my God! So life progression is that you go to Waffle House after a great night of partying. Yes. yes. But when you've done retired or living in an assisted living home, K and W is your shit. They are Absolutely. your new Waffle Absolutely. House. Absolutely. Yeah. No. No. K and W is your fucking nightclub. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like when they go when they go back to the nursing home and have a, a warm <laughs> milk and barely stay awake long enough to catch Jeopardy. <laughs> Because they got that itis from all that lard and fucked up shit that was in that old school food because they only cook it that way. Yep. And it's funny, even the people who work at KW, they look like orderlies. <laughs> They're wearing like the solid white yeah. uniforms. And I think that's so the customers don't get confused yeah. or start getting rowdy. Think like I like oh, literally oh, go. I'm out. No, no, real, I'm still real. at the I, hospital. So, okay. I, I didn't mean to digress, but go into a KW, it everything from the front entrance to the clientele <laughs> to the workers there. You think you snuck into an old folks' home yeah. to eat. Yeah, you're an assisted living. It's but crazy. It's, not. Yeah. it's so fucking nuts. But, but the food's dynamite. Anyway, <laughs> here we go back to Eileen not noticing that someone that was 70 could not have possibly given birth to her. So her, her grandfather, Lorelai, Lori. Uh, see, now sorry, I make Lorelai. all these jokes and we get right into him being a fucking twat yep, waffle yep, to her. Yep, God damn yep, it. Yep, all right, here yep, we go. Yep, yeah, yep. Lori. Lori. Of course, brutally, brutally authoritative. authoritative. Yep. Because he's old, yep. motherfucker. You know, he's, you know, he fucking fought in World War One, Maybe the Civil War. I don't know. I don't know how old this motherfucker is. <laughs> we didn't find that out. Who knows? I'm sure he was mad that the South lost, no matter whether he was living in Michigan or not. <laughs> you know, he probably went to Michigan to hide. You know, be so, like, no, no, I was one of you the whole time. <laughs> so many of Eileen's schoolmates described her as detached and like, you know, sad. Which again, she's in like elementary school when they're yeah. saying this. You are really fucked up. Yeah. Too. If your friends in elementary school is yeah. not like, gosh, she likes kickball and hopscotch and 
chocolate milk? And they're like, no. No, she's, she's really, sad. She's detached and sad. Yeah. There's uh, some shit going on. Bro, that's like fucking, you know, warning, Yeah, school-age kids are not that no. fucking, like, aware of shit. No. But by age 11, Eileen had already began exchanging sexual favors for cigarettes, loose chains, and, or loose change, and rides. And she was nicknamed, quote unquote, the sick pig. Hey, there's a reason there's a phrase as cruel as school children. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that she's 11. And again. She's already figured out how to barter herself for what she needs out of life. But it sucks There's too. a deficit there for her to have fucking figured that out. It sucks too. Because like you, you and me are both pro-sex worker. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Absolutely. We're pro-legalized but prostitution. But not at that goddamn age. Hey, yeah. yeah. Absolutely not at that age. And, I, and not for that fucking wage. Yeah. Like goddamn. Like you're worth more than a pack of fucking smokes. No. Especially. I mean goddamn. We're talking about in the 60s. Jesus Christ. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like I could go right now into like the couch out in the <laughs> living room. And scrounge up like enough for two packs of cigarettes in that age. You know what I'm saying? And it's and, but of course you hear this age eleven. She's doing this shit. Well, why is she doing that eleven, Joe? Yeah. Because her alcoholic grandfather had already started fucking around with her sexually. She was even sexually interacting with her, with older, her brother. older brother, yeah. Keith, mm-hmm. and, and and thought that that was a way of expressing her love to him. Yeah. So at that point in her development. She looked at her brother as like, okay, we've we've consistently loved each other, we've supported each other. This is this this feels good to me. And as somebody who is like coming of age, coming into puberty, whatever, who has figured well, and out that already sexually active with her grandfather and other members of school. Yes. Yeah. So so at that point, it's got to feel it's got to feel. So to her, it was a uh, it was a very benign almost like innocent interaction in her own mind, I would say, you know, obviously we, we right, don't right. know where I'm, I'm, I'm extrapolating what she fucking went through, but well, she you literally looked degree, you know, you could kind of, she looks at her brother as like somebody who has never taken, probably never taken advantage of her was, you know, nice to her, played yeah. with her, all this other stuff. And is like, well, if I'm willing to share this part of myself right. with people, I you know, hate. forcibly with my yeah. grandfather, and I'm willing to do this with other schoolmates on a transactional basis. I should be willing to do this with my brother, who's always kind of had my back, and I love him, and he loves me. And that's how that came. I, I honestly feel that's how it came to well, evolve. The, the thing of it, too, is that we don't know if Keith was instigating it. I mean, we say that this is the way that Eileen interpreted it, but Keith honestly could have been taking advantage oh, of her, yeah. too. We don't yeah, know. We yeah, don't and, know. And there's a good reason Keith dies yeah. kind of youngish yeah. um, and things like that. And, but, and remember that, because I, I, I want to touch on that when, once he passes. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that, but I, I do want to touch on that. Fair play. So that takes us up to um, 1970. Mm-hmm. Joe, what happens with Eileen at 1970? So she's, she's only 14. Yeah, she's only 14, and she gets pregnant. After being raped by her grandfather's friend. Yeah, he was, to he her was account, doing that. Yeah, so to her account, so we should say that there's like no other factual evidence of this, but that is what she said happened to her at that point in time. Well, in her I'm life. sure, because again, like once she got pregnant, she did, you know, uh, in 70, March of 71, she gave birth to a baby boy uh, at a home for unwed mothers. They gave the kid up for adoption, obviously. So yeah. there probably is verifiable records, at least that she gave birth. Yeah. At that age. I don't know how good record keeping was in, in, you know, in 71, but that's probably something you could track down who the father was 
honestly, at this point, if you're, and I, I'm not saying this in a negative way towards her, but if you're having sex with random kids at school for something as trivial as cigarettes and rides and food and shit like that, you're sexually involved with your grandfather, forcibly, obviously, with, with the grandfather yeah. and his friends, and you're willfully sexually active with your brother. There's Nobody really, honestly, knows. no way of knowing yeah. Yeah. who the father was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, in 70, March 71, do what? I said only assumptions. Right, yeah. but March of 71, she gives birth to the boy uh, and, and he's given up for adoption. Obviously, uh, you know, sad story, but that is it, probably... That the, may have actually been the best. Oh, absolutely, considering where Eileen goes. Yes, exactly. So a few months later, she drops out of school and around this time, her grandmother dies of liver failure. Let you and know. That, okay, so I want to I wanna highlight well, this. Well, you know, it, Britta was about that life. Like, you know well, what I'm that saying? was the thing that's like they always wanted to say that Lori was the alcoholic, her grandfather, but the the grandmother wasn't. That, she was more of a caregiver. But by passing <laughs> away from fucking liver failure, yeah, there's not a lot of other shit that it, really gives you that. You yeah, know, apart lends, from like a random disease. Yeah, it lends itself to the fact that both grandparents were partakers in the spirit. Right, and we have no idea how much Britta actually knew about all this. Especially like I said, if she died of liver failure, so she's fucking tanked all the time. She may have really not been. Not aware. Even known yeah uh, and i got to imagine that if i wasn't an alcoholic uh, i find out that my partner's doing that if i'm not going to go to the cops which of course you obviously fucking should always the very least i'm going to do is fucking kill myself by the fucking bottle and yeah. it seems to be that that's what britta fucking did because yeah. like i said yeah liver failure uh not so, too yeah. yeah so not too long later um so she's 14 like we said she gets pregnant. She ends up having this kid the, uh, in March of 71. She's now 15 years old, and her grandfather kicks her out, uh, kicks her out of the house. So, again, that le- lends credence to the fact, okay, grandma's gone, you know, possible, you know, caretaker. Right. Oh, you know, I know that I've been doing this, that, and the other. I've been having my friends allow, have, you know, uh, allowing them to have their way with Eileen. Okay, bitch, be gone. Right. Like that, that's honestly how I feel at this point in time. Yeah, because there's no mention of him kicking Keith out. No, no, just just her. And like and, I said, remember, Keith and her were very close in age. So yeah. if she was 15, Keith was 16, maybe just turned 17 yeah. tops. Yeah, they're really So he close was still living age. there and going to school, presumably. Yeah, and so at that point in time, you know, she's 15 years old. She's like, fuck, well, what the fuck am I going to do to provide my for, uh, provide for myself? You do what you know. Yeah. She starts prostituting and was actually living in the woods near her home, her grandparents' right. home, Wasn't even where that she far. was kicked out from. And that particular area was called uh, the pits, quote, unquote, the pits. And in May uh, 27, 1974, yeah, so, so again, was her this is, very fucking first arrest. Yeah, so so we're in 72, 73 when yep. she gets kicked out. Yeah. So around the time she's 16 or 17, at this point, she, like I said, she was, she was in Michigan. Uh, well, but her, her, her life of prostitution... And hitchhiking yeah, yeah. She, has yeah, brought she has taken her from Michigan, basically. Yeah, exactly. So she's out in Jefferson County, Colorado, yep. and of course Eileen, because as we said, trash in a trash equals trash flavor trash. She went <laughs> buck goddamn wild yeah. out in fucking Colorado, and you know what? As a fucking good old Southern boy, that's why I told you white trash is everywhere. Because when I hear this, she didn't get picked up for one. She didn't get picked up for just one. No, nope. she... she didn't get picked up for two. No, she got picked up for three. Yeah. DUI. She did the fucking tri- <laughs> the holy trinity of fucking trifecta I'm white, of trash. I'm drunk trash woo. trifecta. There we go. Trash trifecta. I fucking <laughs> love that. That's a goddamn t-shirt. Yes, yes. DUI. Yes. 
disorderly conduct and firing a 22 caliber pistol from a moving vehicle. And she was only charged with failure to appear. Like, well, I'm bitch sure was like, I the did others. these yeah. three, but I ain't showing up. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I absolutely love the fact that she decided to bring some motherfucking buck wild to Colorado and just like, all you goddamn Aspen motherfuckers up here <laughs> liking your fucking wine and your ski lifts. I want to know where's my Michelob and where's my goddamn gun. Let's do it, motherfuckers. Woo! Yeah, fucking Eileen Warnos, motherfuckers. West Coast. Fuck that. Fuck West Coast, Best Coast. East Coast, Beast Coast, motherfucker. <laughs> so like any great white trash story. Oh, yeah. Here we are in 76 and fucking Florida. Just like Muslims <laughs> must go to Mecca. Oh. All white people must eventually make their pilgrimage <laughs> to the trashiest, most penis-shaped <laughs> nation. It's Honestly, its own place. Florida's trill of shit. Florida's fucking weird. Yeah. And there's no amount of Puerto Ricans or old Jewish widows who could fucking help that state <laughs> out. And I love Florida. I fucking love Florida. That's a lot of my people down there. <laughs> Fucking crazy. I actually I always it. enjoy searching up my birthday in Florida and seeing what crazy trill ass shit went down. Dude, I'm like, Florida, really? That Flor- happened? Florida. Whoa. Literally. It's like, the, it's like the twilight zone made its own state. Yeah. That's yeah. fucked up. But yeah. That's so, the real Bermuda Triangle right there. Not a triangle. It's a wang. That's what it is. It's a, it's a landmass penis. And much like the dickheads that live there, that's what it's shaped that way in Florida. I fucking love you. Uh, but 76, Eileen hitchhikes and hooks down to Florida. Uh, there, like, like some kind of white trash Cinderella story. I know. And, and don't worry. Don't worry. Don't get your hopes up. Eileen fucks this up royally. <laughs> uh, she meets Louis Gratz Fell, who is a 69-year-old yacht club president. I promise you. Hey, you ain't the president of a yacht club. Making what I make a year. Okay, but and his I make name. Very good. I but make his good. name sounds white as shit, and she threw it. Congrats. Yeah, fell. She <laughs> threw it the fuck down, and she he was did. like, she, "Oh, I need she, to put a ring she on that." Popped that pussy all over that. Yeah, and he was and like, "Oh yeah, I got to, I got to put a ring on it." And quickly marry. Hilarious that he was sixty nine when he met her. <laughs> That's just the good Lord loving on an old man in Florida. Hallelujah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> For this whore who came my way. Uh, yeah, they quickly got married. Yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, not too long because she's married to a yacht club owner. And we've also established that she's white trash as fuck. Yeah. Uh, she decided to fucking go shooting pistols out of a fucking car in Colorado. Like we all dream of doing. Eileen, was li- Eileen lived the bucket list, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, of course, not too long after she gets married to a yacht club president, she decides to go fuck shit up by committing assault at a local bar. Yep. Uh, and also... Uh, just a few weeks after getting married, uh, Mr. Lewis Gratz <laughs> fell, uh, decided to put a restraining order on her, order on her, uh, mostly because she had been assaulting him physically, including <laughs> taking away this old man's walking cane <laughs> and whipping his, his ass, ass with it. Now, again, Joe and I have talked about how much <laughs> we respect the fetish lifestyle, <laughs> but it has to be reciprocated. <laughs> You don't just decide you need safe one day, like Eileen Warnos, that you're in an S&M relationship. The other person needs to be made aware. There's conversations that need to be happen. There needs to be everyone knowing what's too far, safe words, things like that. <laughs> Eileen was not. 
She was a rowdy-ass hitchhiking hooker from fucking Michigan, and she tore his ass, ass up, up with his yes. own cane. Yes. Uh, so, but the thing that was funny well, was that... But, but he, she he, gets picked up for that local assault, by the way. Uh, it was from throwing a fucking cue ball at a that bartender. That is right, yeah. She threw a cue ball. Now, if you've <laughs> ever been near a pool table... Yeah. Cue ball... Well, cue ball... Billiard balls in general... Yes. ...are literally, like... They're like smooth concrete. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's rocks there's that are There's smooth billions. assault weapons. There's That's asteroids it. shooting through the fucking universe right now that <laughs> are not as hard yeah. as a fucking billiard or ball. Or dense, yeah. And Eileen had one too many Michelobes, couldn't find her fucking 22, so she started firing off fucking pool balls in this fucking Florida bar, which you should expect if you're partying in fucking Florida. Uh, but I, I love to point out that... that, that <laughs> Louis Gratz fell, <laughs> put a restraining order on his wife, had not yet served her divorce papers. <laughs> that I love because he was like, look, keep her away from me. But if we could fuck still, <laughs> that would be really good. As long as, as long as I'm the one slinging the cane. You know that shit was raunchy as shit. Bro. You know it was. He would request something. She's like, all right, yeah, I'll show on your I don't think. I'll I don't piss think, down your goddamn throat, motherfucker. I don't, I don't think Lewis, Lewis Gratz Phil ever requested anything. I think Eileen showed him things. <laughs> like, he's just sitting there doing missionary. She's just like, this is fucking boring as hell. Why don't you at least spit in my mouth? <laughs> Goddamn! I me? thought we were in love, Lewis. You know, yeah. but yeah. So, so yeah. She in in seventy six. Sorry, later in seventy six, she went fucking buck wild. She got to Florida, and that goddamn humidity just cranked her crazy up to a fucking eleven. <laughs> um. So yeah, July fourteenth, seventy six is when she was arrested for assault and disturbing the peace for whipping a fucking cue ball at a bartender's yep. head. Yep. 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 Uh, less than, or roughly a month later, July seventeenth. Keith died of esophageal cancer. Now, remember, Keith was born in 55. So that's three days. Three days. Three days later. Oh, shit. I yeah. read that wrong. Yeah, so yeah. So she whips a cue ball and th- probably a little bit of foreshadowing. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, if this, it, this cue ball's the world and your head is my brother Keith's <laughs> esophageal cancer. <laughs> You know, just fucking Eileen, probably in her head it all made sense. But yeah, so three days later, sorry, I thought it was, I had read that as June 14th when she got it. It was July 14th. Uh, Keith, again, he's only like, what, we said 55? So They're Irish twins, and she's, he's barely older than her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's, he's like, you know, in his very early 20s and has esophageal cancer, dies from it. Warnos, Eileen, gets cut a $10,000 check. Now, we... All, either you know someone who cannot be handed $10,000 now. This is in 76. Yeah. That's like the equivalency like of like now. Yeah, getting grand. handed like 40000 yep. 50000 You know what I'm saying? Like that was, that was a year's salary in fucking 76. We all know people who cannot be trusted with that amount of money right now. And if you don't know somebody... You are the motherfucker that everyone else knows can't be trusted. I'm going to tell you what. I love our people. My dreadheads, I fucking love you. I guarantee you, like, 70% of the people who listen to this was like, no, I can't think of anybody because it's You're you. Because you. it's, it's you. you. You listen to this trash-ass podcast. I'm going to tell you what. I got my shit together apart from this podcast. I'm pretty, uh, pretty well, believe me, I'm a lurker. Like, you would not, well, you might in, out in public, but my day-to-day business life, 
You wouldn't know this is how I get down. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. The only reason I can be trusted with 50K right now is because Joe can take me in a fight. <laughs> and that's, you notice, I have kids. Can we I let have, them know? <laughs> I, have two, I have two children. I have two children. They would not stop me from financially fucking that up. But it is the, me. the fear of physical retaliation from my thick, beautiful co-host here <laughs> would. But just like we said, Eileen could not be trusted. Nope. Joe, what, what did she do? <laughs> okay, so I actually alluded to this earlier. The fact that her brother uh, was willing to give her $10,000, the point of his death, lends credence to the fact that there was this really weirdly tight bond between the two of them. Right, That they right. went through something together, whether we are, you know, normal They were folk. each other's really only real family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and even if it became perverse because of what they were exposed to, right. they genuinely loved and respected one another. And again, we, we have no idea yeah. if Keith was just as fucked in the head when it came. He may have thought there was nothing wrong with it, just like Eileen. Yeah. We can't say that Keith was a predator or that he wasn't. It's just there's not fucking shit no. really known about him outside of what Eileen told us. And you're going to hear this bitch talk later and realize that if you were chewing. He, uh, no, honestly, if she had fucking dirt on him, she'd have thrown him on the, under the bus. Possibly. At but some point she never talked ramblings. shit about him. No, no. So I love this. All right. July 14th, she gets arrested for hucking a cue ball at a bartender's head. Yep. Three days later, Keith dies of esophageal cancer and she gets a $10,000 check. Four, Four days, days later, later. <laughs> July 21st, her marriage with Lewis Gratzfeld is fucking annulled after only nine, nine weeks. weeks. At this point, I, he's just like, look, I, you know what? The, the loving was good, but I'm not going to see 70 <laughs> if I don't get this fucking billiard bald hucking hooker out of my fucking house. <laughs> you know, and then August, she gets charged with drunk driving. Yep. She's out there, you know. I'm paid motherfucker $10,000. I never have to work again. <laughs> you know, this pussy is officially Has on no the problem. shelf. She's like, fuck it. $105 yep. fine. I've got it covered. Shit. Here's, but, I'm going to tip the bail, man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but the money she inherited was gone after only two goddamn fucking because months. Because trash into trash <laughs> equals trash flavored trash. She you would buy. cut somebody like her. Yeah. Luxury items. But a fucking new car she wrecked shortly after what i love because and i'm sorry i'm gonna say this now i've known people like that i've known people like that has gotten some money money. no tax money like tax money is a fucking thing for like the poor poor fucking folk and i knew them because i was one of them and i knew the fact that somebody was like oh i got my check you know come like march something or april something and they're like oh i'm gonna go buy me a new car and that fucking new car wasn't worth the fucking nothing it was it already had one hundred fifty thousand miles on it they put nine thousand you know the car was worth nine thousand they put two thousand dollars on it they put three thousand dollar worth of fucking rims on that son of a bitch <laughs> and they fucking rolled around town like their shit didn't fucking stink and i'm like mm, that shit's gonna well, be broken the, down for the less reason, than a year that's the reason those dealerships started putting those kill switches in yep. where if you didn't pay your bill your car wouldn't crank yep because you you tax oh they tax goddamn racket millionaires you know what i'm saying yep but i love this because again we're, we're, we're a lot of this is coming from eileen's yeah. word yeah yeah i want to know what <laughs> What Eileen considered to be luxury items. I imagine at this point, that's Marlboro cigarettes. Oh, God. That's Bud Light. No longer Michelob. 
pinkies out, bitch. You know, I'm throwing, I'm throwing billiard balls at everybody and slinging them 20s, and I don't give a motherfuck. You know what I'm saying? Like luxury items. Like, you know, all right, goodbye, fashion bug. Hello, Belks. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh, my God. And, you know, it's so funny to be oh about that because I fucking love fashion bug. And no lie, my fucking prom dress came from fashion bug. That's fine. If y'all ain't from the South <laughs> and know about that fashion bug, I don't even know if they're around no, anymore. No, no, no. It was in Illinois, too, because my mom fucking loved her some fashion bug even when we was living up in Illinois. And then we came down here. And the first time we went to Monroe fucking mall, yeah, I'm pointing it out, there was a fashion bug. And mom was like, oh, that's good shit. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, so, so, yeah. <laughs> again, like I said, I, I would love to know. So, but yeah, yeah, she was fucking flat broke again. Yeah. You know, that pussy had a very short retirement. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She took, it took an extended vacation. <laughs> you know, it took a leave of absence. It did not fucking retire. Rode hard and put up wet. Yeah, well, it's okay. Whatever. You know, do do your get down, girl. Go ahead, get down. <laughs> um, so now we're Joe, we're at May 20th of 1981. She gets arrested in Edgewater, Edgewater Florida. Florida. What I love is the fact that Eileen managed to go roughly almost five years uh with, you know, she reckoned she's buying luxury items and wrecking cars, but she wasn't getting arrested. <laughs> yep. Uh but, but she what was she, she was arrested for armed, armed robbery, robbery of a convenience <laughs> store. You gonna give me everything? Bottom toe, bottom, bottom, right there. <laughs> give me all the unmarked bills in that register. A large diet coke, light nope, ice. Nope, it was only thirty five dollars and two packs of goddamn cigarettes. See, there you go. She had a taste for them Marlboros. <laughs> when she was two months high on the hog, she was she was like, I never knew such luxury <laughs> as Marblite one hundreds. And, you know, you cut right oh, back. Oh, fuck you. You knew that's what I used to smoke. Fuck you. I knew uh, exactly I, where that I, came I, from. I, I had a cultured cigarette oh. smoking palate. I loved my camels. Oh. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so she, she gets 35 bucks and two packs of smokes, which, again, for Eileen, that's a solid week's vacation right there. Like, she's, <laughs> she's straight up and good. Uh, but for she this, little, she actually. Yeah, she a little actually, over a year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little over a year in this one for armed robbery. Uh, then she's clean for. About a year, eh. May 1st, 1984, she gets arrested for check forgery in Key West, Florida. I could imagine the fantastical job she did forging checks. Just everything made out to cash and the signature was X. Like every fucking thing. You know what I'm saying? Or she fucked up and spelled Eyes were her dotted own. with hearts. Yeah. I'd like to cash this check and she's just winking at all the fucking tellers and they're like, you, you dumb bitch. No. No. We literally had to fuss at you because you came in the bank smoking a cigarette. I don't believe you have $2,000 in this account. You're also not a man. And this is made out to, you know, Lewis Gratz. Fellas. Probably stole a checkbook from him. Yeah, right. You know, at the least. Um, so, yeah, so she gets arrested for that. About a year and a half later, in November of 85, she's a named suspect in the theft of a revolver and bullets. At least she was smart enough to actually take the take fucking ammo. ammo. Yeah. Would not have thought that for Eileen. Uh, in Pasco County, Florida. She's, so if, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're listening to this, you could tell, especially if you're from Florida, uh, clearly she was out of her element being in Key West. That was too fancy for her. <laughs> she's, she's, she's like, I didn't even go back north. Florida, I love you. But Swamp you, land. <laughs> you, know where your, you know where your trouble resides. It's that goddamn panhandle. It's basically the extension of Alabama, where Alabama and Georgia came together, fucked, hated what they produced, and they left them there. That's what That's Florida's awesome. panhandle is, really, honestly, up until you get over to Jacksonville. Like, Jacksonville, if you're looking at a map, Jacksonville and to the left, dude, they need to fucking, they need to put a borderline there. 
<laughs> and, and I'll tell you what, Alabama ain't taking them. Georgia's not going to take them. I'm from South Carolina. We'll take them in a fucking heartbeat. <laughs> but we will talk shit about them while they're there. And then the rest of it is pretty all good. That's where you got your, you got your nice Puerto Ricans, your Jewish widows, your theme parks, all that shit's in the rest of it. And everything's going pretty good there. But goddamn, you're talking about like PCB, Pensacola? <laughs> Woo. Yeah. God damn. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's, you know what I'm saying? That's where she's fucking around at. So, uh, then, Joe, we get to January 4th of 1986. Yeah, she's actually arrested for car theft, resisting arrest. No, and- nothing. <laughs> of, you look, you find a single picture of Eileen, Eileen Warnos and you tell me. I tried me, saying that with a you fucking tell me straight that, face. You tell me that bitch is going to I'm like, really? s- just easily that's put her arms time? behind her back. Yeah, no, that's the first time. You ain't taking me alive. You know, <laughs> yeah. Put that on a fucking tombstone. <laughs> and obstruction of justice for using her aunt's identification of Miami. Again, there she goes, trying to get too top-notch. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck well, it, I can hang in the South. No, the South of Florida is different. That's where, the, that's where some of the class is. <laughs> Eileen had no business being there. <laughs> so, during this arrest, um, cops actually find a thirty-eight revolver and a box of bullets in that stolen vehicle. <laughs> so, it lends credence to the previous crime. So on then at that point, so June 2nd of the same year, 1986, she's then again detained for pulling a gun and demanding $200 from a guy in Volusia County, Florida. What guy? Yes. Did she just find a guy? Because I'll tell you right now. I mean, she's like hooking. She's doing her thing. You know, she's doing what she knows. But then again, like, I mean, again, I mean, I don't, I don't know hooker rates. (laughs) Certainly not modern day hooker rates. I'm not versed in that. If I've met a hooker, I'm sure she was nice, but I wasn't aware she was a hooker. I don't know. Like right right now, if I if I knew where I could go buy sex, I would need someone to immediately tell me money wise what to take. You know what's funny? I think you'd bring me along. <laughs> I'd be like, Joe, help me out. <laughs> I feel like you would know better than me. Yeah. If, you would if if I was like, hey, she's gonna do this and it's five hundred, you'd be like, No, no, go back and offer her three, John. That's way too much. Yeah. You know, or if it's I was, anal. Or, yeah, no, or if no. I was like, you know, I brought fifty bucks. You think I can get a stroke job? You're like, not on your fucking life. What do you think this is? Fucking Panhandle of Florida? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, yeah, they they find her with that. Uh, uh, yeah, she, she. So yeah, there we go. She pulled a gun on the on the guy demanding two hundred bucks, yep. and it sounds like she was hooking because. Yep. So cops actually find spare bullets on her and a twenty-two under the passenger seat of that dude's vehicle. I always keep an extendo clip of twenty-twos in my fucking tit straps. <laughs> Goddamn un-American motherfuckers! That ain't fucking calls for concern. I'm just trying to protect myself. <laughs> so literally the same fucking year. So we're, oh, yeah. we're 80, 86 was a banner year yeah. for Eileen Warnos. And, and how do you, how do you cop how do you top off such an eventful year? You she, fall in love. Yeah, she meets Tyria Moore at so, a Daytona okay. Beach lesbian <laughs> bar. Bro. Good God. I dude, I'm gonna tell you what now, I'm gonna tell you. I don't judge. Well, I do judge. Let's we, we all judge. No, okay. So I'm gonna I, say I, I, I'm I, I, I'm gonna tease. judge. I'm gonna judge on this one. Because I'm allowed to judge on this one. Fair play, go ahead. I've met some wonderful fucking females in our very local gay bar, Scorpios. And they were beautiful human beings that I enjoyed a night or a week or a month with. But I would not take anybody home from a fucking Daytona Beach fucking lesbian bar. I don't think I would go in there on a dare. A, I got a dick. (laughs) B. You're not welcome. (laughs) 
I don't know who's what. Honestly, if I had a vagina, I'd be upset if I was welcomed into a Daytona Beach lesbian bar. Yeah. Holy motherfucker! Isn't I'm gonna that tell with you what. The fucking biker. I don't know. No, you know what? Habits? I don't want to be. A, I don't want to be offensive to bikers. I don't want to be offensive to bikers. I'm gonna because you look up a picture. Uh, and, and it's spelled Tyria more. It really is. But I've heard her called Ty. I've heard people call her Tara or Tyra. So I don't know what the fuck this broad's Christian phonetically pronounced fucking name is, but it's spelled Tyria. It so we're gonna call be, her that, ooh. dude. That's it's rough. It's rough to look at Eileen Warnos. Like, uh, like, the, like the, she did like an interview a few days before. And this her, is her, not okay. Now, this is no disrespect to anybody who was a fucking stud, a stem. You're a butch. I don't know what no, any of that means. This okay? Yeah, you. Yeah, would, I, yeah, you yeah, whatever. I would. But I'm not saying she's that. You're talking about like you're more manly-ish looking lesbians? She's not even manly-ish looking. She's Tyria just looks fucking like ugly. Tyria. This yeah. is an ugly fucking yeah. person. Yeah. She could love every... Girl, guy, wouldn't yeah. fucking matter what the fuck is She looks like she belongs... She was in a Daytona fucking beach lesbian bar for a reason. She, a, low lighting. <laughs> B, people needed to stumble in with heat exhaustion and eat a lot of alcohol to fuck her. <laughs> And yeah. I'm gonna tell you what, if you find Eileen Warnos, and this is the thing that pissed me off about that monster movie, if you've seen it, yeah. the Eileen Warnos Christina movie. Ricci. Christina Ricci, who to me, Ooh. still like one of my fucking, fucking top threes. Beautiful. Gorgeous, to me, has aged like a fucking fine fucking vintage Whiskey. that Louis Gratz fell <laughs> would be able to afford, but I never will. So she, th- the best they did in that was gave her kind of a fucked up haircut and like one of those Army Navy store jackets. No. Like that's what they, and then you got Char- Charlize Theron who has fucking more facial prosthetics than that fucking mask movie from the 80s that Cher was in with Rocky fucking Dennis and Eric oh, Stoltz <laughs> with his fucking elephant man face. You know, but and, dude, look up a picture of both of them. No. There was no prize pig in this contest. And actually, you go back and look at before Eileen, you know, like when she Eileen married Louis Gratz. Eileen was fucking really pretty. She was pretty. Now, you could tell, you know, she had a little trash to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was I a little rough around the edges. I personally like that shit. Yeah. You know, you she like did. your blondes. Well, you yeah. But yeah. I could still even find her semi-attractive. No, she, especially compared to what she ended up looking like after all this shit went yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate that shit. So, so anyway, yeah. So, yeah. 1986. She she meets Tyria Moore. It's love at first fright. Uh, and if you see the pictures, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh, but at this point, she u holes it. She fucking u holes it. I'm not gonna U-hauls say this. It. Okay. Y- yeah, you right. say this a lot. All right. All I right. love the term, but I'm a straight white male. Yeah, so you're I'm not, not allowed say to it. say you it. Go ahead. All right. So my LGBTQ plus, where the fuck it is nowadays. All right, y'all know this. I think they just say alphabet people now, right? Yeah, I, Something I don't like know. That. I really don't know. I'm, I'm not in the I way. love all of you. I don't know, what the, but there's a lot of fucking letters there. You know, yeah. I, can't, I, can't, I can't keep it up. I can't spell super califragilisticexpialidocious right now. There's a lot of letters in that. That don't mean I hate the word. <laughs> you know, or Mary Poppins. I don't fucking care. <laughs> but essentially, she was what, back in the day when I was in the scene, we used to call a U-Haul dyke. Like you, you, you see these two people. Whatever magnetism has brought them together, and now all of a sudden, less than a week after they've met each other and fucking fell in love, they move in with one another. So is that okay? Now I'm asking this from this standpoint. So if anybody gets offended, Joe is yeah, Joe is openly me. openly bisexual. Still yes. considers herself to be very bisexual. Yep. She's been that more, way yeah for yeah i i lucked up i i think it's because i have long eyelashes that's why we you know she ended up He's, liking me you know you're just cute uh but either way uh so now is that something that like gay dudes do a lot 
or is it just kind of a, a lesbian thing? Or is I, it, to the best of your knowledge, because that's your scene? Yeah. Okay. So I was gonna say I I, I can't attest to the other side of uh, of that when it comes to, like gay Fair guys. Um, but for females back in my day, it was oh they're U-Hauls. Like, you could tell them from afar. Like, they were looking for love, and it was like, 1 o'clock, the drag show is already shut down, the bar is about to call for fucking last call, and they're already making eyes with who the fuck will take them the fuck home. And we always, we always jokingly call them the U-Hauls. And when, Just you know. bouncing from house to house. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who's going to pay their bills? Who's going to hold them up? And again, not to speak disparagingly towards, you know, any part of the community. I'm just saying what I experienced, what I knew what the terminology was, we always called them U-Haul dykes. And you're saying that because, because and of how And Tyrell looks like, looks like a U-Haul dyke. And personally. I... Just remember the, the 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 host with a vagina is saying dyke, not me. Yeah. Not me. So not if just you, with so, the dyke, you know, but your with panties the... or whatever and whatever the fuck you're wearing, I don't want to assume. <laughs> you need to strap on in a tizzy. Yeah. Get it, get it at fucking Joe, not me. And yeah, then you're yeah, hating yeah. your own people, yeah. in which case I, I don't know what to tell no, you. No, as I point. said, there's no goddamn judgment at all. But yeah, so Absolutely so not. so Warnos moves her and Tyria move in. Uh, Warnos is supporting them still as a sex worker. Tyria is, you know, randomly doing house cleaning and shit like that. The various hotels, they would bounce around for them. Yep. But she is pretty much gainfully unemployed. Uh-huh. Uh, and Warnos is supporting them with that. And that brings us, because that was uh, in, in 86, 87. So that brings us to just a couple of years later, where we get into the meat potatoes, where Eileen officially becomes the damsel of death. All right, so let's kick off these goddamn fucking murders. Yep, and everyone remember this, this was this was a week. This was a year. Mm-hmm. This was a year. Eileen yep. fucking went ham. Do it to it, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kicking it off, November thirtieth, nineteen eighty nine. Richard Mallory, who was only fifty one years old and an electronics store owner in Clearwater, Florida. So her and Tyria had roughly like two ish years of. Bouncing from hotel to hotel. Yep. I- I'm guessing Eileen. Warno's hooking yeah, and but, providing but, as, as best she could. But to what we know, again, with a serial killer, you're never going to fucking know. Mm-hmm. You're never going to know how many they actually fucking killed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure if Eileen was one of those who really made like grandiose claims of killing more. Because she always claimed that what she did, she had to do. Yeah. You know, it was all self-defense and stuff, and then it wasn't, and then it was, and we'll get to all that later. I, I, I say, after going through several of her documentaries, um, no, she never made any kind of grandiose attempts. Right. She just only wavered on her reasoning behind the murders. Right. And there's a reason for that, and we'll, you know, obviously, like I said at the beginning of this episode, that we will talk about our opinions and how that was influenced by her interviews. Right, right. So uh, let's let's get back to, all right, let's list off the murders there, Okay, Joe. yeah. So again, November 3rd, 1989, Richard Mallory, 51, electronics store owner in Clearwater, Florida. Now this fucker was actually convicted, he was a convicted rapist. Yes. And Warnos claimed the kill was in self-defense. She claimed to have been sodomized and beaten by Mallory in an abandoned area. And I will say this, and I, I, don't, want, I don't mean to interrupt, yeah. but we were going to put, there, you, there's audio out there of when yeah. she confessed to everything that happened. Uh, during that, like, there's courtroom audio. Uh, the only reason we didn't include it is because it's like five minutes, and I, I, 
when I listen to it, it's, it's so much more impactful as a whole. Mm-hmm. Because out of all of them, this is the one guy that, whether or not she's making it up or not, he has the history to support her claim. Yes. Um, but it, it, it is, it's, it's roughly like a four, four and a half to like six minute testimony about the shit that she says went down. Obviously, that's one side of it we can never know because she killed him. Uh, but, but you can find that on YouTube or on the documentaries about her. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. So again, Warno's claim she had been sodomized and beaten by Mallory in an abandoned area. Two days later, a deputy of sheriff found Mallory's car abandoned. And on December 13th, Mallory's body was found. Shot several, twi- uh, s- several times, twice in the lung which was actually the cause of death. So they found him like, they found his body like two weeks later. Yeah, essentially, okay. yeah. And okay. to not, I guess, give away my personal opinion towards everything, is that there's a crime of passion here. They, if, if anybody is aware of what PTSD fucking does to an individual, I'm sorry, but this lends credence to everything that happens after this fact. It gotcha. Could. And, we, and we did go through, again, that's what yep. I'm saying. We're, no one, neither me nor Joe are arguing that Eileen Warnos was not a fucking nut job. She yeah. was a fucking nut job. Yeah. She may have got it honest because her dad had schizophrenia, yep. you know, and, and then all the shit that happened to her as a kid could legitimately turn someone to a nut job. Again, that's no reason to kill, but... I think that a lot of people, I mean, hell, even the fucking title of the episode is The Damsel of Death, but that's kind of how, that was her, that was kind of what she was known for, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But like, yep. we're, we're going to get into that, but Joe, that is a great point about the PTSD, because really, everything that spirals from here on out, she kind of flip-flops on, but was shit so bad with what Richard Mallory did, and if you listen to her testimony, which I, er, I encourage you to do, a, if you get in a true crime, that's actual historical documented evidence that she reported on. It could be and a really thousand read percent lie. Really fucking read her testimony. Yeah, because you, you really can, the, look the video's at her. in there. Yeah, it's yeah. video. It's not just audio. Yeah, you can look see at her, her fucking, in there. Yeah, look at her fucking eyes. Uh, look at her mannerisms. And tell us specifically what you think after viewing that. And we brought that. We, we, we say all that because as Joe goes to the next ones, did these guys get a little too rough? And they never thought that they had no intentions of crossing a line like that. But they're like, oh, you know, again, I'm not saying this. I'm saying this is the way it would have been. They could have viewed her. Oh, she's just a whore. I'm paying for it. I'm going to do what I want want. to. You know what I'm saying? And none of them would have ever thought of taking it to the extent that Richard Mallory did. But she reacted out of fear that that's where it was going. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So on May 19th, 1990, it's David Spears. He's 47. He's a construction worker in Winter Garden, Florida. Um, he was actually declared missing on the May 19th of 1990. Right. His body, naked, you know, glory of God, <laughs> ass fucking whole naked. That's the fa- worst way to go, fellas. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, I'm a, you know, I'll be the first one to admit, like most people, by the way, most dudes, yep. statistically, percentage-wise, I'm a hell of a grower. <laughs> But I'm not a shower. And to me, there is nothing that terrifies me more than, than dying, real, dying real ugly and then finding me naked and flaccid, like out in public. Because they're just going to be like, I don't know, he was kind of so fat. Need to be hung. He was, he was, yeah, I need to hang myself, make sure I got that angel lust boner going on. Fucking 
you know, cross over the dimensional plane in fucking style, motherfucker. <laughs> Power huge. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So, he was declared missing on, on May 19th of 1990. His body, his naked body was found June 1st of 1990. So, you know, like less than a month later. Uh, he was actually found along U.S. Route 19 into Citrus County, Florida. And he had, was found with have been shot fucking six times. With a twenty-two caliber, which again we pistol. never we never could find the, the 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 total shot count on Richard Mallory, but they they did say he was shot several times. But the two that got him in the lungs is what they said yeah, killed him. So exactly uh, at this at this point, yeah, she wasn't she 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 was definitely able to afford Michelobes, uh, fucking Pall Malls, hotel oh, rooms, and ample twenty-two fucking caliber ammunition. <laughs> she was at least making enough for that. Yeah, so that was May nineteenth. Yeah, she goes on a bit of a tear in the 90s. She went <laughs> about six months between Richard Mallory and uh, David Spears, but it, then, then old girl got to work. Yeah, so 19th to May 31st, Charles... Uh, uh, Carskadon. Yeah, there we go. To the best of my uh, ability. <laughs> yep, yeah, better than mine. Uh, age 40, he was a part-time rodeo worker. If there's any occupation oh, that i boy. feel like would, would absolutely enjoy their, their florida panhandle horse it would be part-time rodeo workers you know what i'm saying and you know it was part-time because he either wasn't good enough or his drinking problem was stopping him from being good enough and the rodeo worker i've been to a rodeo i told you i'm from the south <laughs> you know technically the guy who sold me a funnel cake at that rodeo is a rodeo worker. Don't I, I, we? Maybe this dude was out there fucking riding bulls and shit like that and living the fucking dream. Uh, but we don't know. You know what I'm saying? No. He could have been a rodeo clown. <laughs> I'm sure whatever he told Eileen was a lie. You know what I'm saying? And, and when your best lie is I'm a part-time rodeo worker, you definitely needed to have a good night out with a prostitute, and it did not go that way for him. Oh, no, no. His body was found on June 6th, though, six days later, in Pasco County. He had actually been shot nine times with a twenty-two caliber pistol, pistol, and his body was wrapped in an electric blanket and was already, already badly decomposed. So are there, like, battery-operated electric blankets? I, I think more or less that... Is this really thick? Okay, so Pete, here we go. Yeah, here we go. Here goes. It's time for Joe's sick scientific <laughs> fact of the episode. Yeah. So heat tends to um, accelerate decomposition. So like we we both you know we we've, well, we've used Florida, heating pads. We're in, in our thirties. Yeah, we in, put a in heating Florida pad. too. It's, yeah. it's it's hot and it, muggy as fuck. Yeah, and this is like the the. The late in spring, very early summer, but right. we know it's hot as shit because we're in fucking South Carolina. It's hot as shit even at that time of the year. Yeah, and this is Florida, yeah. mind you. So, uh, if, if you think about it, a fucking uh, electric blanket, you've had it on high, even 30 minutes later, it's holding some goddamn heat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, if you're wrapped in a fucking heated electric fucking blanket, yeah, you're going to, you know, accelerate decomposition at least six, uh, well, I will say this because, again, I'm not scientific or that scientific. Uh, I will say eight to ten hours of advanced decomposition off of a fucking heated blanket, then put out into the elements where it's already hot and humid around an exorbitant amount of fucking bugs. Like, yeah, you're going to accelerate decomposition at that point. And that was Joe's sick scientific <laughs> fact of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> 
so yeah, but but now what I love about this is that witnesses saw Warnos ripping ass in Karskadon's car, oh, tearing fucking you know fucking whipping shit around Pasco County like a mother. Paul Wall, Paul Mall, fucking blowing in the wind. <laughs> Tyria got her fucking bottom bitch right next to her. That girl's got her fucking back. She's fresh off, smelling like fucking fabulosa. Tyria just got done cleaning them hotel rooms, got <laughs> paid. We about to fuck, dude. It's about she about to be dripping in Michelob and Paul Malls <laughs> in this dude's car. Uh, and then also on top of that, Warnos pawned the, a gun that was identified as Karskanon. Which, by the way, fellas, ladies, anybody who's partaking in a woman or man of the evening, take a gun. Uh, illegally take a gun. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Protect yourself. Worst case scenario, you get popped having a gun accidentally. Uh, sorry, best case scenario, that's what happened. Or worst case scenario, someone's tearing around in your Lincoln Town car through Pasco County. And, you know, you're Your dead. Lincoln Town car. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Throwback. We ride, we ride how we ride. So, yeah, so, so that was her with Charles Carskadon. Uh, so, on July 4th, 1990. Land Pe- that I love. <laughs> she fucking went patriotic. Peter Sims. But she did take June off. <laughs> Which I appreciate. You got to take time off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, got yeah. that new car. Got yeah. that fresh gun money. You yeah. need downtime. Yeah. 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 Gotta get so your she shit took together. some downtime. She took some downtime. Picked it back up on Independence Day 1990 with Peter Sims, age 65, who was a retired merchant seaman. And so. <sighs> you said seaman. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, so in June of that year, Sims had actually left Florida for Arkansas. Um, his car was found on July 4th, 1990, in Orange Springs, Florida. He had been seen with Warnos, Eileen, before the car actually was abandoned, and Eileen's palm print was found on the interior door handle. Now, his body was never found. Which is why earlier when we said that she was, she confirmed she killed seven, because she does confess to it, but they never found his body, so she was only convicted of six. Yeah. The low here, there's Peter Sims. That's why. Yeah. So witnesses reported seeing Warnos and Tyria, so Eileen and her lover, abandoning Sims' car after an accident. <laughs> and since Eileen had a criminal record in Florida, they were able to match her prints. I, lo- I love that. Like every, literally, like why? If you want to know why Eileen got caught, it's because, as I've said multiple times. Trash into trash oh, equals trash flavored trash. She could not successfully kill a 65 year old man, take his car without leaving fucking DNA all over the goddamn place and managing to, we all know, they didn't say it, we know, drunkenly putting the fucking crime scene into a ditch with, you know, with her, with in Orange Springs, fucking Florida, which to me, the moral of this story is that if you think. You can just flee the troubles of Florida for the promised land that is Arkansas. No. No, it's going to happen. Not going to happen. You're going to yeah. definitely don't pick up a hooker on the way. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, he was never found. Witnesses saw Warnos and Moore abandoning the fucking car that they drunkenly stumbled out of that they had fucking wrecked. And, yeah, the cops now have been able to match Warnos's ID to a scene her of the prints. crime. Yeah, 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 her prints, her palm prints. So, July 31st. Literally the same month, just later in the month. That's it. Troy Burris, aged 50, <laughs> he was a sausage salesman from Oak. I can't even. <laughs> you God, you said even... sausage? <laughs> yeah. She went from semen to sausage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's 
You okay. think? Do you think Tyria was worried? Oh, no. I know you were with men before that, so you killed a salmon. <laughs> now you're out here killing sausage. <laughs> love Tyria, I love you. <laughs> I'm God. doing this for us. God damn it, we're going to hell. All right, so sausage salesman was reported missing on July 31st. I'm tired of smoking palm oils, Tyria. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. <laughs> so he was reported missing. On July 31st, 1990, on August 4th, his body was found in the woods along State Road 19 in Marion County, Florida, and he was only shot twice. So either she was getting more comfortable with her aim or the money was getting tighter and she could not <laughs> keep buying these bullets. bullets. Yeah. We ain't got fucking scattershot money, Eileen. <laughs> fucking put the fucking gun to their the same chest bug and shot. pull. The same bug shot. Yeah. <laughs> so, September 11th, you know, not you even know, fucking you know Tyria's a You know Tyria's nickname in middle school was probably Buckshot. You see that fucking mullet-ass haircut she's got. Ooh. So, yeah, so she, yeah, so she, skips, she skips August. She yep. goes September 11th, yep. never forget. Yep. Yep. Uh, and finds Charles Humphreys, age 56. Yep. He is a retired U.S. Air, uh, US Air Force major. Um, oh, God. He's a former, he was a former state child abuse investigator and former chief of police. Yeah, that motherfucker, like, yeah, he had done yeah, some shit. Yeah, So, his body was found on September 12th, 1990 in Marion County, Florida. Right. He was fully clothed and shot six times in the head and torso, and his car was found in Suwannee County, Florida. And if I'm not mistaken, from what I'm seeing so far, this is the first time that she's committed back-to-back -back murders in roughly the same area. Yes. Because she was hitchhiking. I mean, obviously, it was in Florida. Supposedly hitchhiking. Yeah, you we know don't what I'm know. saying? But, but it, was, it was scattered kind of around... You know, uh, you know, areas of Florida, but both, you know, uh, uh, Troy Burris. No, uh, yeah, he was found in Marion County and Charles Humphrey was found in Marion County. Yeah. Uh, but she started getting sloppy with that aim again uh, <laughs> uh, six times. Yeah. And he was got into uh, he was found in Suwannee. So, Joe, give us the final one. November 19th, 1990. Walter Antonio. Yep, yeah, Walter Antonio. He was 62 years old. He was a trucker, security guard. And a police reservist. I did not know there was such a thing as a police reservist. I have never heard this outside of this fucking Florida, research. Florida, I'm telling you. Like you willing, you willing to get a, a gun possibly pulled on uh, you? You, you but want this? You buy want... these trill out a trill ass folks in fucking Florida? Come on, you, give, you could be a reservist. I can give you a badge, but I can't give you a paycheck now. <laughs> So he was found nearly naked on November 19th, 1990, and he was actually near a remote logging road in Dixie County, Florida. That sounds like he the scene of a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. A, Dixie County. B, logging road. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Shot four times, and his car was actually found five days later in Brevard County, Florida. Yep. And that is all seven of the known murders of Eileen Warnos, and that brings us to January 9th of 1991. So just a couple of months after that last kill. Yep. So that actually brings us to the arrest and trial of Eileen Warnos. Yep. She was arrested on January 9th, 1991 for an outstanding warrant from an incident. I fucking love <laughs> th this is so this is literally white trash fucking poetry like this is Billy Bob Shakespeare, not William Shakespeare right here, bitch. At a biker bar. Yes. In Volusia County called. Yes. 
The Last Resort. Woo! God, <laughs> dude, I, can, I can smell the fucking desperation from here. So it's interesting to note that cops, the cops were actually looking for Tyria and Eileen in the news. And this is something, as, that, this is something we didn't know. Yeah. We did not know that. Until the docu- documentary. Because as we had said before, they were both caught. Um, whose car was that? Uh, that, oh, that was, um, Peter Seams. Mm -hmm. The body they couldn't, they never found. But they witnesses saw Eileen Two. and Tyria leaving. Abandoning that there was vehicle actually, after a wreck. And in one of those documentaries we watched, there was actually police sketches on the news. Yep, uh, both Looking of them. for both of them. Yep. And I'm going to tell you what, like, Eileen's sketch wasn't the best. Tyria, it looked like a potato with a mullet and a hat, which is exactly what she fucking looks like. Yeah. Like, I'm so fucking surprised. And they, they were, they, yeah. They, they were, were looking for both of them. Yep. Both of them as, quote, unquote, angels of death. Angels, my, I mean, I guess demons are angels, but fuck. <laughs> so, Potatoes um, of death. At this point in time, Tyria had actually left for Ohio to spend Thanksgiving with her family. Yep. But Tyria was in Scranton, Pennsylvania at her sister's place where the police finally located her the next day. Yeah. So after she they, went up yeah, to. Day after Eileen had gotten arrested, they found, they tracked her down to her sister's house yeah, in Scranton. Yeah, she, she was essentially on her way back, technically. Yeah. Up to Ohio, spend the, you know, spend the thanks, uh, Thanksgiving festivities, came back down to Scranton, was on her way, possibly back to Florida. We right. will never know. But that's when all this shit fucking broke loose while she was there. Yeah, and the now, police, yeah, they started, they basically make, tried to cut a deal with Tyria. Yeah, they asked Tyria to get a confession out of Eileen in exchange for immunity. Full fucking immunity, by the way, because yeah. that's the other thing, too. We, we have no fucking idea. How much Tyria knew? I mean, clearly she did. She knew some shit. Uh, there's, there's like a phone call you can get. The only reason we didn't put the phone call between them on here is the audio. It, it's just so fucking muffled on Eileen's end that literally, like, but you can find it out there. But you're gonna have to blast your fucking TV to be able to make out what she's saying, or if it has subtitles when you watch it and everything like that. But yeah, dude, like, it's clearly Tyria knew what the fuck was up. Yeah. She may not have liked it, may not have agreed with it, but she was certainly reaping the benefits from Eileen Absolute doing this. So fucking lootly. So they actually asked Tyria to get a confession out of Warnos, like we said. Um, she agreed, and she returned to Florida to do this. Yep. So the last time Tyria ever saw Eileen was the day she testified against her in court, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is fucked up. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. Eileen Love, was there. Yeah, but say uh, homosexuality, heterosexuality, whatever the fuck is in between. Yeah, she Eileen loved Ty. Yeah. Eileen loved Tyria yeah. fucking to death. To the, yeah, to the to, day Literally she, to her death. Yeah, exactly. So to just think about it to yourself. You've, you've been in love with this person. This person has provided for you, and the police come at you. You may or may not have, I would say, I would attest that she was aware of the crime for she committed. For sure, for sure. And the only thing this fucking cunt could consider was like, all right, yeah, I'll come back, but I'm going to turn in state evidence right. against her and save my own fucking ass. Fuck you, and, Tyria and, Moore. Yeah, yeah, Fuck oh yeah, you, yeah, for sure, yeah. Because yeah. she's out, I hope she, she never, she never suffered this. a bit of this. I really hope she's not doing well. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, all that good shit. So, uh, but yeah, Eileen, you know, when they were make, doing the call, she would talk, and even in the interviews, how much she loved Tyria. Yeah. And, and, but Tyria would never say it back. She just kept making her feel guilty about, mm -hmm. like, the cops hassling her to where Eileen was like, all right, you know, I'm going to confess. Um, and, and again, all the calls, they were, they were, 
under police supervision. Yep. They were all recorded. Uh, she was begging Eileen for help in clearing her name of the allegations. And on January 16th of 91, Warnos confessed to the murders, but claimed all the men tried to rape her and it was self-defense. Um, and this is where shit gets kind of fucked up. Yeah. And this is this is where me and Joe first started getting our kind of our red flags here. Yep. Uh, about the way this shit was handled, uh, because Joe evidence was introduced under Williams' rule that allowed evidence of only suspected crimes being taken into account. So what had happened was Eileen was only being tried for Richard Mallory, correct? Yes, at, this at point. that point in time, yes. Um, but but they already they were, were bringing in. Yep. The speculation of her being involved in these other murders. Yes. So they were making Eileen out to being a serial killer in the trial for the murder of one man, and she had never been convicted, nor, I believe at this point, has she confessed to anything outside of Richard Mallory's murder. Even if she had, a confession doesn't mean shit. You still go to trial. Yes. And you have to keep backing that confession up the whole fucking time. Yeah. Especially when you're as fucking psychotic as Eileen. Yeah. You know what so I'm from what I could interpret from William's rule is that essentially if, like, let's say that, you know, I'm coming up for a particular charge, I'm on trial, but there's a possibility that right. I could have other crimes being thrown at me after this trial's concluded. Correct. If it fits that MO, if it could possibly bring evidence to a motive during this current trial, it can be thrown in. And, which and, I think is absolute goddamn horseshit. And that's that's a that's basically a per state thing. Yes. Like that's not a federal thing you can yeah, do. Yeah, it didn't hit has supreme. It. Yeah. Or at least so they did it's at the time. I don't know if level. they still do. No, it so, but, so once you hit Supreme Court, they have to actually take in uh, to some account federal rulings. At this point, Williams' rule is only applicable via Florida state law. Right. Yeah. So she is being tried in Florida. She's getting thrown against the wall with Williams' rule, which personally, let's go ahead and start fucking throwing our personal opinion. I'm throwing in mine. She should not have had evidence thrown in on this particular fucking case. That wasn't already, like, definitively, she was already convicted. It should not have been under speculation because this particular trial had a lot of, I guess you could say, extenuating circumstances, PTSD, like, well, wasn't alliance. There a lot, wasn't like, there also a lot of shit about Richard Mallory's previous c convictions that wasn't brought up even by her defense? No, but it was brought in in her testimony. Again, y'all, look up this fucking audio. She had well, no, no goddamn she, no. idea of his fucking arrest yes, record. Okay, yeah, so there we go. There we go. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, she had no idea nope. that Richard Mallory had been convicted of rape. And he actually served like almost like 10 years, ten, something around that time. A little over 10 years right, for but, this shit. But Eileen and did what not she know went that. through, what she fucking went through, Synced met up. with his yes. goddamn MO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Holy so, shit. Yeah, yeah. So it was really fucked up. She she finally went to actual. She was actually went to to trial for this uh, the fourteenth of January of ninety two. Mm -hmm. uh, less than two weeks later, she was convicted of the murder. Uh, at her sentencing, uh, the psychiatrist for her defense said Eileen was mentally unstable with borderline personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder. Very fucking true. Uh, she actually did a uh, psychopathy checklist, uh, and Warnos scored a thirty two out of forty. 25 to 30 is considered to be a psychopath. Yep. So she fucking wrecked the curve on that. Yes. She, she fucking met all that stuff, which is, again, why 
we're going to say this right now. We don't believe Eileen should have been put to death. No. After doing all this, we don't. She should be in a mental hospital she's somewhere. She's a goddamn victim of the fucking life she had to lead. Yeah, and it cracked her. And yeah. she's also, again, her, her, biolog- her biological father had schizophrenia. Yep. You know, so you got that going her on. Her mother on. had no fucking leniency towards her own children. And as well, anybody. Well, she disappeared, too. We have no idea what the no. mother may have had as well. You no, know, she pieced the fuck out when she. Uh, right. Uh, Warnos wasn't even fucking four years old. Yeah, yeah. So, again, like I said, so, so, so to me, I think that a lot of that needs to be taken into account. But despite all this, just four days after the conviction, she was sentenced to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after all that, uh, roughly about, right about two months after mm-hmm. being sentenced to death, she pled guilty to the murders of Humphreys, Burris, and, and Spears. Uh, and she did this. I want to play you guys this audio. This is the first audio clip we have here. Eileen said she wanted to, quote, get right with God. So this was her coming clean confession she made right here. Okay, I cannot go in the execution chamber and die in the execution chamber as a liar. And I cannot go in the execution chamber and be executed under the devil. I have to come clean and cleanse my spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, So I have to come clean and tell the world the lies that went on through my mouth. I mean, now prosecutors and well, cops. And that, you, and that you killed the seven men. Huh? That you killed those men in cold blood. Yeah, and I got to come clean that I killed those seven men in first degree murder and robbery. As they said, they had it right. A serial killer. Not so much like thrill kill. I was into the robbing biz. I mean, you know, serial killers are in this thrill killing jazz. I was into the robbing just and eliminate a witness but still then again i got a number so it's serial killer now coupled with that she she also does says uh, or does say uh, i want to confess to that richard mallory did violently rape me as i've told you but these others did not they only began to start to and that's what we were saying was she so fucked up from what had happened with richard mallory that these guys were given all the warning signs that it was going to happen again. So in her mind, she is acting in self-defense, although they've technically not committed a crime at this point, or even by most people's normal standards, haven't given you enough. But again, if everyone's checking off the boxes for what had happened to you prior, and it was as bad as what Eileen confessed to it being, again, you have to take her at her word for this because Richard Mallory is dead. There were no witnesses, so it is her word alone on the Richard Mallory thing. But if it's ticking those boxes, can you blame her? No. No. No, and- personally, I can't. After seeing her fucking, uh, her testimony during the Mallory fucking trial, literally, I, you know, we were watching it. I it's was a pulling tough up, one. It's yeah, a tough listen. It is. It is. And I was over there. I, I remember some of the shit I went to school for, but overall, I was over there like fucking doing like brave searches. Like, okay, what are, what's indicative of a fucking liar? And she didn't tick any of those boxes. So I put myself in her shoes. Yeah, you were actually like, looking at like body language stuff yeah. and like even her body language on it. It, nope. it, didn't, it just didn't, it didn't give that thing. And, and that's the, that's the Out thing. Out of 10 parameters uh, on numerous fucking sites, she scored a fucking zero on her, being her a liar. body language of a liar. Yes. And, and, and that's and another that's, thing, too, is that Eileen, and, and we, ju- obviously, again, this is spread the dread. We're going to be fucking insensitive. That's what we fucking do. That's why yeah. you fucking weird-ass motherfuckers <laughs> are here. So we're going to crack our jokes. But honestly, there isn't 
and again, I mean, obviously there's not going to be a lot of recorded audio before she became infamous, but she gets crazier the longer she's in jail. Yeah. She is, she does not fucking do well being in jail. And is, it alludes to later on that she started seeking the death penalty to fucking get out of jail. There was no way she was going to get out. She just could not fucking take it. When, when you listen to her on the witness stand about Richard Mallory, and again, I, I, w- I would have put it in here, but it was, it was really long. Um, She's and, very and it's calm. Easy she, she doesn't sound crazy. No. She sounds like uneducated white trash, which she is, but fuck so am I. But there's nothing. She doesn't sound crazy. She's not spouting off shit about Jesus. She sounds Jesus like somebody who actually went like through something. She does. She, do- she sounds, sounds like a goddamn victim. Yep. And again, for someone who scored a 32 out of 40 on the psychopathy or psychopathy or however the fuck you pronounce it, <laughs> test, the fact that she was able to even hold together that kind of coherency for like five minutes, kind of a testament. Um, but when, when, so she did that on the, because she had already, she went ahead and confessed to Humphreys, Burris, and Spears' murder. Uh, May 15th of 92, she was given three more death sentences for that. June of that year of 92, she pled guilty to the murder of Carskadon, received her fifth death sentence in November of that year for that. February of 93, she pled guilty to the murder of Antonio and was given her sixth and final death sentence. She was never charged again, as we said earlier, for the death of Sims because his body was never found. Uh, her reasoning for the murders uh, changed from the men trying to rape her, but then she said she had to kill them because she was robbing them and didn't need to leave witnesses that could identify her. Um, so, so that's where she starts changing. The, yeah. sh- shit starts changing between it was self-defense. I honestly think if we're playing Eileen's advocate here, mm-hmm. I think that she, if you take her at her word, she was telling the truth, but once it got to the point where she, okay, I got six life sentences, Death sentences. They're, they're going to kill me. I'm sick of fucking being here. I'm dropping anything that gives them any reason to keep my fucking case open. Get me the fuck off this planet. Yeah, I'm absolutely. fucking done. And yeah, that's done. what it seems like it, it started to get to because she just, she just couldn't fucking take it anymore. Because, again, she was, uh, she was arrested in 91. She didn't even get the death sentence until 2002. So that's a long fucking time to go through with it. And I think just with how fucked up and fragile her mind, again, we're playing devil's advocate here because this is watch the documentaries, do the research. We love that, you know, listen to us and all that stuff. But, you know, but we're telling you, like, my perspective on her fucking changed. Yeah. It really fucking changed. We both rubbed our heads. We're like, and I'm not buying into she gets into some real conspiracy theory territory with some of this shit. I'm not saying I buy into that, but I do. At the very least, I'm personally, and I think Joe would agree, comfortable saying that Eileen Warnos should be alive today in a mental institution. Again, we're not arguing she wasn't fucking nuts, but I don't think mentally she should have been put to death personally. No, no, I a thousand percent agree. You have to kill Eileen Warnos because she'll kill again. So what you just heard was... A desperate Eileen yeah. Warner. She starts at this point. She's starting. She's she's, she's requesting cracked. it. She's, she's requesting. It. She's she, requesting. She's death. done. She can't handle prison life. None of it. Uh, it she's she's worn down yeah, to a she, fucking nub. She's done with it. She's locked. She's been locked up at the Florida Department of Corrections, Broward County Correctional Institution, death row uh, for women. She's finally transferred to the Florida State Prison uh, for execution. That's yep. where her execution mm-hmm. is going to take uh, place. Um, 
in 96, it apparently it went all the way up to the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. um, but they denied Warnos's uh, request for appeal. Uh, and then finally in 2001, she... Five she, years later. Yeah. She, five years she, has passed. She d- dismissed her legal counsel, counsel and terminated all pending appeals. And she said, quote, Joe, I killed those men, robbed them as cold as ice, and I'd do it again, too. There's no chance in keeping me alive for anything because I'd kill again. I have hate crawling through my system. I am so sick of hearing this she's crazy stuff. I've been evaluated so many times. I'm competent, sane, and I'm trying to tell the truth. I'm one who seriously hates human life and would kill again. Yeah, again, like... End quote. Yeah, yeah. this, 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 uh, and... She is desperate. She just yes. wants. She is. She's, she's done. sick of this goddamn plane. Yeah, she's. she's Her done fucking with this existence. existence. Yeah, it's been tumultuous and and absolute fucking turmoil and fucking torture. She's honestly. She's hit three T's and she's like, I'm fucking done. And I don't know if there's a single person that's ever treated her nicely. No. Without needing something in return. It's, it's, I mean, you got to think uh, okay, of that. Okay, you know? but I, I want to highlight the fact that Tyria. Yeah. Up until this point, when she fucking went to went to court, that is the only time Eileen fucking Warnos broke down. She was fucking heartbroken hearing Tyria talk to her in that manner. Even though knowing, she had told her too, she told her too. Yeah, she did because she wanted she wanted to make sure Tyria was safe. Yeah, but she realized in that instant when they were playing back those fucking right. tapes. I'm saying that personally. She finally fucking realized. She was no different. She used me too. She really didn't fucking love me. Nobody's ever fucking loved me. Right. This fucking world yeah, fuck does not place. love me. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck this shit. I'm ready to go. Peace out. I don't give a fuck what I gotta say. Fucking kill my ass. Yeah. And and so then we get to 2002. Uh, and I mean again, she's she's cracked at this point. She's just she's just trying to get it. Uh, but at this point, she, she's actually accusing like the, you know the prison of tainting her food, the the guards messing with her, being refused showers and meals when certain guards were were working. Uh, she said uh, they're trying to get me so pushed over the brink by them, I'd wind up committing suicide before the execution and wishing to rape me before execution. Like this is when like when you hear all the fucked up shit that she says, all of this stuff really starts taking place in the late nineties early aughts when she's already been locked up for damn near a decade and been just given life sentence after life sentence. Like she's, she's just crying. And believe me, I, I personally, I would have hung myself prior to this. I, we all know my fear of prisons. Uh, I'm a, I'm a thick boy. You know, they will, they will fucking eat me like a bag of sour cream and cheddar fucking potato chips. I'm not, no, I ain't tough enough. Eileen, bad bitch. Like Joe running that place probably. Um, but, um, so, they, the, the attorney said, uh, you know, she, she just wants to have proper treatment until the day she's executed, uh, which gets us to, I want to play you two, two final clips of hers. Um, this, is just, this is just about a week or two before her execution. These, these are the last set of interviews that she actually yeah. gave. So, and you can, found, uh, you can find them via the docs that oh, have yeah, been yeah, provided. They're, yeah, they're, they're yeah. on there. But this is, this is, I'm telling you, this is a snapped mind. And, and again, it's... It is funny. I'm not going to lie. Without the context, it's fucking hilarious because it sounds like a crazy piece of white trash saying crazy shit, which she is and she does. But again, you, you have to remember everything we just told you about. And again, like I said, we're the fucking dread. We're going to be fucking nasty. That's what Absolutely. we fucking do. Um, but, you know, if you're listening to us and you like true crime, 
you're just as fucked up whether you like our crude humor or not. Because if you think about it, you get your thrills off of human sacrifice. Lay with that motherfucking thought while you listen to this, Chirins. I'm okay. I'm okay. God is going to be there. Jesus Christ is going to be there. All the angels and everything. And, you know, whatever, whatever's on the beyond. I think it's going to be more like Star Trek beaming me up into a space vehicle, man. Then I move on, recolonize to another planet or whatever. But it's whatever's the beyond, I know it's going to be good because I didn't do anything as wrong as they said. I did the right thing. Yeah, thanks a lot. I lost my fucking life because of it. Couldn't even get a fair trial. Couldn't even get a fair investigation or nothing. Couldn't even have my appeals right. You sabotaged my ass, society. And the cops and the system, a raped woman got executed. It was used for books and movies and shit. Bladder climbs, the re-election, everything else. I got a big finger in all your faces, thanks a lot. You're inhuman, you're an inhumane bunch of fucking living bastards and bitches. And you're gonna get your asses nuked in the end. And pretty soon it's coming. 2019, a rock's supposed to hit you anyhow. You're all gonna get nuked. You don't take fucking human life like this and just sabotage and rip it apart like Jesus on the cross and say thanks a lot for all the fucking money I made off of you. And not care about a human being and the truth being told. Now I know what Jesus was going through. They've been trying to tell the truth. And I keep getting it stepped on. Concerned about if I was raped, if I... I'm not giving you book and movie info. I'm giving you info for investigations and stuff, and that's it. So, again, if, if you take out the, the, the real nuttiness of both of those statements, and again, the, the interviews are much longer. I just took a little snippets. Now that she's got her death sentence, mm-hmm. she's back to talking the same truth. Yeah. I was raped. Y'all, y'all did all this because you wanted the notoriety, you know. The, you wanted the, to make money. You wanted off to make of money my off fucking me, and they story. did. They yeah. did. A lot yeah. of people did. They still do. They, yep, yeah, they still do. Uh, whether you like it or not, I mean, you know, fucking that monster movie, Charlize Theron got a fucking Academy Award for it. Yep. She great in it. It was, yeah. it was a good movie. It's tough to watch it now, with my opinions, because I don't think I think it's far too sympathetic to Tyria. Again, putting someone as beautiful as Christina Ricci to play that fucking hog is fucking mean and mean enough. Yeah. Um, but she gets back to it. They're saying, y'all sabotaged me. Rape woman. I, you know, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. And again, it's, it's, I, to me, it's. It lends credence to the PTSD yeah. standpoint. Yeah. Personally, personally for me. She, she, out of the cuff, she has been working those fucking streets. She's never really done anything as, as far as her clientele. She gets she gets fucking raped by Mallory and then just goes on a goddamn tangent. And especially. Mallory. Mallory, John Mallory, or the first Robert, guy. Oh, yeah, Robert. Richard Mallory. Yeah, Richard, Mallory. Richard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. So sorry. if you, again, guys, go and look up this fucking audio. Look at this actual video because you can find it. Yeah. And look at her testimony. She is a broken woman trying yeah. to describe what she had been through. The crazy And she never knew he was ever convicted of any type of rape. She is literally telling well, about I'm her not, fucking situation. I don't situation. know for sure. She didn't no. know before the end. Before it was all said and done, and she was killed. Yeah, yeah. I uh, she didn't well, do well, the court case. Though. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm attesting to. Is like she knew nothing of that during her point in testimony. Which you would have known. She's prosecution and defense should have, and more than likely did know that. Yeah. I don't know why Williams it wasn't brought. Williams' rule should have fucking applied in yeah. that situation. But regardless, October 9th of 2002, Warnos actually declined her last meal and just requested a cup of coffee. 
Um, her last words were what, Joe? Yes, I would just like to say I'm sailing with the rock and I'll be back. Like Independence Day with Jesus. June 6th like the fucking movie. Big mothership and all. I'll be back. I'll be back. So, again, there's that crazy shit yeah. that everyone hears. That's your last words. Not the best words to go out on. I'll be the first one to admit no. that. Um, but if you've given up, what does it matter? Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, like, whatever, whatever connection straws. to reality she had had been fucking gone. Uh, she was executed via lethal injection and pronounced dead at 9.47 a.m. Uh, only the 10th woman in the U.S. and only the second woman in Florida to be executed since 1976. Uh, she was cremated and her ashes were spread beneath a tree in Michigan by her childhood friend, Dawn Botkins. Um, as Joe did mention, there's Nick Broomfield did two documentaries on her, one in 92 and one in 03, which, which the one in 03 was everything he filmed with her was in 02 uh, leading up to her execution. The first one is The Selling of a Serial Killer, and then the, the, the other one was Life and Death of a Serial Killer. You can find them both on YouTube. You should absolutely. There's stuff in those that we didn't cover. I, I mean, at this point, we're already running over, over, over an hour and a half. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot more to it, though. There's, there's a lot more people who took advantage of her during this shit lawyers, people who profess to be your friends and shit like that. They were just taking advantage of shit, trying to get money out of it. Um, but Joe, I want you to real briefly go in to the issues <laughs> with, with the overkill TV movie yeah. that was done by Republican Pictures. Yeah. So again, like he just said, Republican Pictures did a TV movie called Overkill. The cops and Tyria Moore, her lover, yep. were represented by the same goddamn lawyer to negotiate with the various movie companies. Yes. Because obviously they have, you know, first-hand accounts. Yeah, gotta they, get that money. They, yeah, their opinion, their insight is going to be of top goddamn dollar. Exactly. They named various cops during her interview for Broomfield's first documentary and all of those fucking comps declined to make any kind of comment yep. for that doc. Yep. Now, the state attorney of Florida stated there were no exchanges of contracts or money between the police and Republican pictures. So says that fucking attorney. But Broomfield was also denied access to Warnus because of a previous security violation. Which was horseshit. They were driving, and it's, that's actually on the 92 documentary. They were filming the prison while driving down a particular road. Yeah. And that particular road, it was right outside breach. of it. Yes. So yeah. that was technically a security breach. Nick Broomfield is also from the UK. Yeah. So he would not have known exactly. I don't know if it's the same way in the UK or whatever. But they, they had saw that, so they used a bullshit charge yeah. for that to, yeah. to deny him access because to it. Because he was already... Causing problems. Yeah, he was causing problems because he was excavating all this fucking information. He wanted to share it to War or with Warnos. But that's he, where also... Yeah. He was he, the one who discovered... Mallory Mallory and brought yeah, that shit to light. Previous conviction, yeah. Yep. You know, 10, ten years, years for, for attempted, attempted rape. rape. And also, phone conversations were discovered that the officers... We're discussing a movie yep. deal. And actually, during a press release, that specific fucking attorney general for fucking Florida, what, it's, again, it's part of the documentary where oh, yeah. he's like, oh, we found out these cops are doing such and such. Yep. Oh, we're so sorry. But nothing came of it. No. Nothing, especially for Warnos' side of shit. 
Um, now she could have had her death sentence overturned. Potentially, she could have. That, that would have certainly helped in the. It's not a potential. Process. No, it's not a potential. Oh, okay. Okay, so th- for the fact that comps and even Tyria were a financial benefit for oh, their all of testimony, should have been thrown out. Yeah, it should have but all actually have been presented. Though it doesn't matter because if you if you think about sequence of events. Okay, she did the first testimony. Then she hears Tyria bring in state's evidence against her and gets her own ass off by getting her if, to confess. Okay. All right. Well, why did Ty- how did Tyria use her relationship with Warnos to divulge oh, this yeah. testimony? Oh, it was a financial benefit. Well, who else is a financial benefit? Oh, the cops have brought yeah. in fucking more. No, it's a fu- it's cladic- it's a domino effect. It's absolutely cataclysmic to that fucking entire trial. I don't have enough faith in our justice system to think it would have been overturned, but there's certainly, it it certainly, again, it it just goes towards the whole thing of her talking about being sabotaged, being railroaded, Mm -hmm. the way people were profiting off of her, and again... And when you're living in a fucking for-profit system... Why is that so hard to even consider? Well, and and the thing is, is that she's very easy to take advantage of because, again, we are not arguing for a fucking second that before any kind of jail time was served, that she was fucking nutty. She's got the police record to prove it. She's got the, the, the tests and the, you know, the reviews by medical professionals to prove it. We're not saying that she should be walking around the fucking streets. No. We're saying that you're not supposed to execute somebody who mentally cannot, you know, they can't, you can't do that to someone that's got those kind of mental issues. Yeah. It's really tough to prove that. Or her history of being a goddamn victim. I understand that, but we've got a lot of people that we've talked about that had a fucked up past and definitely did what the fuck they did and may have used it as a crutch or a reason, and there's no reason for that. Okay, but the defining line is that all of her fucking kills weren't of a torturous nature. They were all quick. they were very quick. Yeah, Yeah. it was was all with a gun. And I'm sorry, but again, the, uh, okay, Joe, the 2021 fucking female is going to fucking say this shit. This is the problem with fucking outlawing fucking sex work. Yes, I will agree 100% with Because you when you do this shit fucking under the wire or yep. under the gun of the fucking government, you get into some dark places. You get into some dark alleys. You get with dark clientels or, you know, dark John. Sorry, John. But, I know. I hate that term. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've never yeah, paid John's. for sex. Yeah. No. But but my name is synonymous. You have. We've been together for 15 years. You're still everybody for pay, Everybody pays for sex. But <laughs> yeah, I, one I, way or another. I've but never again, found a, I've never, I've never gone hooking. You know what I'm <laughs> well, saying? No. But, but that's a problem with the, with this industry is that when you- And the stigma he, around it as well. Exactly. If a female wants to sell her body, that's her goddamn choice. Your fucking thing. If she enjoys sex and can't also provide a fucking living for herself, fucking go after it, girl. Fucking do your shit. And, but they should be, they should have the protections that yeah, come along absolutely. with that. Absolutely. there's a lot the of other countries world, that do that. The entire United States, the entire fucking world should treat um, their, their street workers as dignified well, as they, they do those who fucking work it. At the Bunny Ranch in fucking Vegas. Yeah, they shouldn't have to be street workers. They should be able to do it inside of a clean environment where there's plenty of protection and testing and things like that. This kind of shit wouldn't come up. But I mean, automatically, you're going in there as a working girl, you know, a a lady of the night. Yeah. You know, uh, you're You're already considered a bottom feeder by your fucking clientele. So why is it so hard to consider the fact that fucking Mallory 
was she, she did two years she was doing two years of fucking street work before she crossed path uh, cross paths with mallory a no, convicted she was, she fucking was, attempted was, no, rapist no, she was doing two years of street work between In the Florida. time she met Tyree. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. She had been doing, she had been doing street work. Oh, yeah, she'd been she hooking 15, and hitching you know, for years. Yeah. But I'm just saying that. And okay. It wasn't until then. Yeah. But, you know, at, at the same time, there's people who were perfectly normal acting and never killed anybody until one day they did. Mm-hmm. So again, I get it. You, you've got a perfect storm scenario yep. where I believe a lot of the shit that Eileen said, I do believe she killed those guys. Yeah. I think that only one of them may have deserved it, Richard Mallory. Mm-hmm. I think if the other ones were giving up warning signs, um, and because and it could, of the PTSD, and it, but PTSD. It could, and, it could, and it may not have been what most people would consider to be very bad warning signs. Mm-hmm. Again, you got the PTSD. You got the the she's psychotic. You got a lot of other shit going on there, so she could have been interpreting some shit wrong. Yeah. Um. So you have that aspect of it there. So, like I said, it's the perfect storm of it because you have a sensationalized case that you can make even more sensationalized because she's a woman and a serial killer. Oh, and politicians and, and cops and her former lover yeah, all can all, financially you got this benefit storm from it. That's very, very, very alluring to the the people who enjoy this kind of stuff, reading about it, hearing about it, history, all that stuff. You got potential for profit there, but you have someone like Eileen, whether you believe it or not, who. Could not help herself in this one. No. She couldn't. No. I think, again, you, you listen to the interviews from the, from the Mallory trial. It sounds like a completely different woman between that and those last interviews. She's, she's not making weird, funky statements about Star Trek and Jesus and Independence Day and shit like that. She, I think, went even more psychotic over time with the way shit went. But that's our opinion. But like I said, you got those documentaries? Yes. Definitely check them out. They're and on YouTube. And then let YouTube. us know, please. Yes. Like, comment, uh, message us. I, I'm Personally, I would love to have a fucking conversation that you're cool with us sharing about this particular case. Oh, absolutely. Because this bothered me a lot because... It, it was somebody I felt that was victimized from a very early age that, like John said, it was a perfect fucking storm. I personally believe she did go through a situation with Mallory, and that is what fucking was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. That is what sent her off is thinking, oh, that guy's looking at me funny. Oh, it's time to kill him because he's about to fucking rape me. Like, I right. personally feel that the first guy, yes, deserved it. Every other guy was, they were, the, they were casualties. Wrong place, wrong time, wrong broad. Yes, exactly. Yeah. In, a, in wrong mental state. So, oh, yes, yeah. please, if it, please go look at these fucking documentaries, watch them, pick them apart and, and message us because we yeah. would love to hear what you think. Usually when we deep dive, we, we talk about how bad it was. Like, like, if you don't you know, know the details, like how much worse it was. Yeah. This one, the, the, the more we dove, the, the more we were like, fuck, I don't know if she should have been executed. First I'm kind of believing first her. First time, this is, this is STD yeah. fucking history right here. Like, we were like, holy shit, we both don't feel she should have been executed. Yeah. But. We got to wrap this motherfucker up <laughs> yeah. and let these dreadheads get back to working or drinking or, or doing drugs. Whatever y'all are doing. Yeah, whatever the Bravo. fuck y'all are doing. <laughs> that was the Spread the Dread podcast take on Eileen Wernos, the damsel of death. We hope you enjoyed it again. Make sure that you're following and liking and subscribing 
on all the podform, uh, podcast platforms, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and BitChute. Joe, they need to make sure that they go to what website? SpreadTheDreadPodcast.com. Yes, you're going to get direct links to all of our podcast hosting sites, you know, all the different... Uh, you Social know, media. Yeah, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google, Amazon, Instagram, your mom's Facebook. house, wherever the fuck, all yep. that shit. It's right there on the website, one easy spot. You can always message us on Instagram or you can hit us up at spreadthedreadpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget that if you leave us a five-star review, make sure that you send a screenshot of that review to us, preferably on Instagram or Gmail. Send that over and we'll make sure, send that along with your mailing address and we'll make sure you get one of those sweet-ass five-star super spreader spread the dread stickers. Um... Anything else? Nope. That's it. That's it. We appreciate y'all hanging in and giving us some amazing fucking download numbers and stream numbers yes. while we were out sick. Good goddamn. We yes. really hope you enjoy this episode. We enjoy doing it. In closing, I'm John. And I'm Joe. And this has been Spread the Dread Podcast. Have a good day or a good night. And in the words of our man, Jack Torrance. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here?